Well, hello. I want to welcome you to a very exciting webinar. I really appreciate you taking the time to attend this. Our commitment to you is we want to deliver the goods on this webinar and give you hopefully some strategies, some tactics, some tips and ideas to really help you make the most of this holiday shopping season. So we're going to talk about five ways to dominate the Cyber Five. This is going to be an interesting year, guys. I mean, really, there's, there's still a lot that's uh, certainly up in the air about holiday 2020. But I think there are several things we can be confident in. And so we're going to highlight those on this webinar and then talk about these five ways to help you get the absolute most from the Cyber Five. So quick intros to the team that will be presenting today. Uh, I'm Brett Curry. I'm the CEO and co-founder of OMG Commerce. Right there in the middle, Mr. Chris Brewer, co-founder of OMG Commerce. What's up, Chris? It is good to be here. I always like looking at my fatter self on these calls. Yeah, quick quick shout out. Chris has been on, uh, you know, dieting, exercise, all that. The COVID, really, really the COVID diet. It's amazing what pandemics do to your waistline. It, it's so interesting. And this just you know, t- totally ties into the whole 2020 thing. I think there's a group of people that said, hey, I'm stuck at home. I'm going to reach my fitness goals and just go nuts. And then there are other people that said, hey, I'm stuck at home and I don't care. And so I'm going to go nuts and eat. And it's all yoga pants. Yeah, just eat nuts. <laughs> eat nuts, exactly. And then uh, really uh, just thrilled to have the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Rohit from Google. Rohit has worked with OMG now. He's been our senior agency account strategist. For how many years, Rohit? How long has it been? I think we're entering four next year. Early next year will be four. Yeah, I think it's four years. And and we made it to have you talk a touch louder, Rohit. You still sound good and very astute, but maybe just a, a tad quiet. And then how long have you been with Google? I've been at Google for about seven years now. Seven years in. And Rohit is just extremely intelligent. He knows the Google products, search shopping, remarketing, YouTube, all that inside and out. But he also gets business and he understands the strategy behind it. And so we're just, we love working uh, closely with him on our top accounts. And then he's going to be delivering the goods here as well. So so I'll be delivering a portion of, of the content today. Rohit will be chiming in. Chris is going to be running color commentary and chiming in and then also answering questions too. So if you have questions as we go, please type that into the chat. Chris will answer some of their, Chris will bring those to our attention as they come up or he may just answer in the chat. Um, and then some questions we may just wait until the end uh, to answer. So with that, let's let's dive in and let, let's talk about some of the things we can expect for holiday shopping this year. There's a lot that's up in the air, guys, a whole lot, but you know, e-commerce is poised for a breakout year. It's already been a breakout year for e-commerce. You know, we've seen different stats and, and there are lots of ways to kind of slice and dice the retail and e-commerce stats that are published. But I've seen, you know, as much as five years of e-commerce growth condensed into a couple of years during the lockdowns and in terms of like retail penetration. But here's what we're seeing. And these are, these are uh, based on... Uh, Surveys done by Google with shoppers. So 72% of shoppers say they'll shop more online this year than last year. No real surprise there. But here's what's interesting. 41% of the in-store Black Friday shoppers from last year, so those crazy people, uh, I am not one of them, 
who, you know, get up early or, or, you know, you know, look, look at the, look at the paper still or online ads or whatever, and then go stand in line at stores to get the deal. 41% of the people that did that last year say they're just going to stay online this year. Now, a couple of things about this. This is just surveyed data. So what people actually do could be different, right? So much can change in a matter of a few months or even a few weeks during a COVID-19 world. But I think it's very safe to say a lot of shoppers are going to focus online and many of them are going to focus online exclusively. So for us in e-com, it's actually good news, right? It has been good news uh, for most of the year so far. And then I think this is really key. And this is where I'm really glad you're tuning into this and glad you're preparing. But 69% of, and this is the same survey, 69% of holiday shoppers say they'll start earlier this year. So if the pandemic and lockdowns taught shoppers anything, it's, hey, when everybody orders online, it creates backlogs. And so delivery can become an issue. Items becoming out of stock can become an issue. And so almost 70% of people said they're going to start shopping earlier this year. And I think that's going to be compounded by a few things. One, you know, the trend in the last few years has been to start holiday promotions early, right? Last year, some big retailers like Lowe's and a few others did Black Friday all November long, right? So starting November 1, their Black Friday deals hit. So I think, I think shoppers are used to that to a certain degree that, that holiday deals may start earlier. And then when you compound that with the fact that Amazon Prime Day is tentatively scheduled at least for October, we just heard an updated uh, potential date today of maybe October 13th, 14th, but, but we don't know. Uh, Amazon has not announced that. But that could start some of the holiday shopping frenzy when, when Prime Day launches this year, which is usually in July this year. It's in Q4. So, so really interesting. Uh, gentlemen, Chris, Rohit, any, any thoughts on this before we go any further? Yeah, just one other fact that I want to add is like, you know, a lot of people will be uh, at the, uh, I have to shop online anyway. So which is the reason that they might not actually wait for that late. So I think that is one other reason which contributes to why people might shop early this year. Yep, exactly. And then a couple other things. And, and um, really, really all I was saying is that the price and promotion is still a huge deal, right? So, so 50% of shoppers list price as the most important factor for holiday shopping. Now, I would argue that there's there's a lot of things people consider when they're shopping for the holidays. You know, I got to get the right gift. I need to get it in time. You know, all of those things. But price does play a, a major role here. So we need to at least keep this in mind as we're structuring our deals. And if we're not a big discounter, which a lot of our clients aren't, and we'll talk about that, and that's fine. Just know that price is a consideration. So we need to be mindful of that as we put together our deals. And then, and then Rohit, do you want to talk a little bit about brand loyalty? Because this has been super interesting to me, how kind of, and, and this, I think this trend has been happening anyway, but the pandemic has definitely added to it. But talk a little bit about brand loyalty right now. Yeah, so it's the same way, like price is such a huge factor for customers these days that they're not necessarily that loyal to the brands that they usually buy from. And given the pandemic that, you know, there are a lot of people who are going through financial hardships, so brand loyalty is not top of mind for them, but price is. So if they get a better price for similar products somewhere else, so there's a good chance that they would be willing to make that transition. So yeah. it, that actually opens up the opportunity for um, you know, smaller businesses who don't necessarily focus so much on brand building or don't spend so many dollars on brands will have an opportunity to get these new customers in the door. 
Yeah, and what's been really interesting, and, and probably everybody that's listening to this has experienced this, you know, you you placed a delivery order at Walmart, which which we've done a million times since lockdowns or, or, or some other, you know, buy online, pick up and store, whatever. You've probably experienced substitutions, right? Where, hey, this thing was out of stock. So, hey, we just replaced it with this other item. We, we're substituting. It's created this, this kind of need to be flexible, but it's also kind of created this forced sampling of other brands. And I think that's also fueled this, this trend as well. We're like, hey, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm open to new things, right? Beggars can't be choosers in certain ways. Um, and so uh, there, it is a great time to be an online marketer. People are willing to try new products if you can prove it's a good value and it's going to be the perfect gift you know, in, in our context here. And you can deliver on time and all those things. You've got a real opportunity to win. So uh, let's talk about this, Rohit. You want to kind of talk through some of the planning stages, you know, where we find ourselves right now as we record this, and you may be watching it later, but you know, we're kind of towards the end of August. We're kind of right in the middle of that that middle stage there. You want to talk about these these planning stages just a little bit, Rohit? Yeah, sure. Um, so as you can see, like we're almost towards the end of August, but I mean, this is just something that we plan very early. So you can still, like, in fact, not you can, you should still go and do the first stage. This is check your feed health. Uh, feed is basically what feeds everything into your Google Ads. So obviously you want to make sure that everything is in good place. Uh, any products that you don't have in your feed, you make sure you add them. Any disapprovals for what the reasons are and try to fix those reasons. Um, the second thing you want to do in the prepare stage is to try and make sure that you adopt automation. So smart shopping, which we'll talk about a little more as we go further in the slides, um, is going to be a huge play this year. We've already seen some great success coming in from smart shopping and also using smart bids. So smart shopping in combination of smart bids is more or less capable of taking care of like, you know, all these things that are, as we know, there's a lot of uncertainty in the market this year. So all that will be taken care of by that automation. And we strongly suggest that you take that into consideration. Next thing is budgets. So as Brett mentioned that uh, this will be uh, a year like unlike others. So I no, no matter how much we do research and how much we suggest that we kind of know what's going to happen, it's, nobody really knows how much, how many people are going to buy online and how much is going to move online. So make sure that you have your budgets in place and you would have to be extremely nimble with your budget. So you have to move those budgets very quickly to make sure that you're addressing whatever market is out there for your, for your products. The second piece is uh, revisit your automation strategy. So um, we'll again get into the details of how to manage smart bidding uh, specifically when you're expecting a surge in sales or expecting a surge in conversion rates. Uh, so you would have to continuously make changes to some aspects of it. But as I said, we'll get into the details of that as we get along. Uh, and the last thing is, uh, you know, when you are in the season, as I said, you have to be nimble, you have to be quick. So you will see data moving, you'll see you know, your budget's running out maybe halfway through the day, or if you're seeing that your conversion rates are spiking a lot, then you might have to make some specific moves and we'll, we'll look at those slides as we go along. Awesome. Very good. Thank you. So just a, a quick note, and, and I know a lot of people that are, that are on here live, our existing OMG Commerce clients, if you are, we love you. Uh, if you're not, we love you too. And uh, so just a quick 15 seconds on the the agency where our Google Premier Partner we're a team of, I think, 42 now. We just, we just hired a, a new person a day or two ago. Uh, for agencies our size, we're one of the top spenders on YouTube ads. Uh, several years ago, I wrote the ultimate guide to Google Shopping that Shopify published. Quick spoiler slash teaser. Rewrote the guide completely for 2020. It's going to be uh, announced sometime in the near future. I don't actually know. Uh, Shopify will announce that. Um, and then, you know, we've been doing this since 2000. 
10 and, uh, you know, Chris and I speak at events all over the place. And um, so we, we like to think we're thought leaders and want to contribute to the uh, industry and hopefully help you achieve your goals and uh, rock with your ad channels. You know, because we're not going to events right now, you, you might as well take this opportunity to plug your podcast. Since, yes. Yeah. So yeah. they want to get good stuff while nobody can go anywhere. Yep, absolutely. So so do check out e-commerce evolution. Uh, you can go to omgcommerce.com and, and look at the podcast there or go to wherever you like to consume podcasts, look at e-commerce evolution. Um, Going to be some really good stuff there for prepping for holiday as well. We just released an episode today about some Amazon advertising. So check, so check that out. Um, and then we're also working on several different other video initiatives, video training initiatives that you need to, to keep your eyes out for uh, that I think will, will benefit you as well. Good. All right. Fantastic. So let's dive into five ways to dominate the cyber five. This first one is going to be relatively quick. It's super important, uh, but it will be relatively quick. So, you know, one of the things we, we want to do when, when holiday hits is we got to cut through the clutter, right? Everybody's going to increase their advertising budgets. There's going to be ads all over the place. You know, we have the, the disadvantage this year of this also being an election year. Now, I think some of the platforms are going to limit uh, political ads. I certainly hope so. That's like the worst thing in the world, in my opinion. Uh, but we got to cut through the clutter. We got to make sure our message lands to the right prospect. And we want to keep ad costs low, efficient, right? We got to still hit our ROAS targets, our CPA targets. And so one of the keys, one of the, the really important things we do now is start building our lists, our remarketing lists and other lists now because we can leverage them fully once holiday shopping kicks into full gear, right? So, so what kind of lists are we talking about? These are, I think, four must-build lists, and you, we can get more detailed with these lists, but just want to highlight them. Uh, one is a viewed video audience. So, you know, we do a lot with YouTube. A lot of the people listening live here, you know, are, are heavy YouTube advertisers as well. So build those viewed video audiences because we can take those audiences layer them into search and shopping to increase our performance on search and shopping. We can also build a YouTube funnel where if someone interacts with maybe one of our cold targeting videos and they don't purchase, but they engage with that video, we'll run more ads to them to kind of woo them and get them to take the next steps. Also remarketing. And we can slice and dice remarketing lists in, in a lot of different ways. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, also, SMS and messenger lists, like right, that—that's a list you should be building now. So while you're driving traffic to offer pages and PDPs, also try to get someone to enter their mobile number or or get on your messenger list, and then of course email lists as well. So if we make a secondary goal right now of building these lists, these lists are going to come in really handy once Q4 hits. And what's interesting, you know, something that we're noticing a lot of right now, and we're benefiting from this and so are our clients, is that watch time on YouTube has exploded since the, the beginning of lockdown. So this is just actually looking at watch time of YouTube on TVs, which I know in my house, my kids are watching YouTube all, all the time on TVs, but, but it's up 80% year over year, uh, watch times of, of YouTube on, on TV screens. So what's important about this is if you think about what inventory means, and actually I have a, I have a bit of a background in TV ads. You know, with traditional TV, inventory is just based on time, right? It's based on the number of 30-second commercial breaks we can fit in or the number of commercial breaks in a given program or 
or in a given, you know, live sports event or whatever. On YouTube, inventory is based on people, based on eyeballs, right? So the more people, the more inventory is available. And so we've been able to capitalize on this where, you know, costs are relatively low and relatively stable right now. So we can capitalize on that. We invest in YouTube and other top of funnel efforts now with obviously the goal of driving sales now, right? That That's how we do it. But also with the secondary goal of building our lists because those lists we're going to be able to target specifically and directly once we get into Q4. So that's that's super important too. Guys, any uh, any other thoughts you want to chime in with on on this on this topic? Just that uh, in my experience, we've seen over the last six months, especially with a lot of OMG clients that we work with, that our CPAs have dropped considerably, and performance on video has never been better. So, as, as Brett mentioned, this is the best time to capitalize on it. Yep. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. You know, my, my role here at the company is dealing with all the inbound inquiries of people reaching out, seeing if they could run YouTube ads or Amazon or whatever they're coming to us for. And, you know, Brett, you and I were talking about this earlier, you know, six, seven months ago, which is not that long ago, we were having much different conversations with e-commerce stores about their readiness to advertise on YouTube based on their CPA requirements. And we have now seen that, I would say, drop by as much as half uh, of what it, those standards kind of used to be from what we would look at. Yep. And we're seeing you know, new, new launches on YouTube. So we did the, the big event in LA in February. New launches since then have been fantastic. And a lot of this is because inventory is at an all-time high costs are, are relatively low and pretty stable. And so it's, it's a great time. More on YouTube in a minute. We're going to circle back to Top of Funnel YouTube here in just a minute. But the idea here is build those remarketing audiences, right? Build those audiences now. You will thank us later because you can leverage those audiences once we get into the thick of holiday shopping. All right. So tip number two, key number two, uh, you know, think about your messaging, right? Think about how to build a compelling offer. Because, you know, like we said in the beginning, 50% of people say price is the most important thing. But a lot of people say price is the most important thing because they don't know what else to say. And sometimes, you know, people will always default to price if you don't give them a reason why price isn't the most important thing. And, uh, but keep in mind, people are looking for deals. So they're, they're looking for deals and on-point messaging, right? So how can we be ready for that? Um, so, you know, one of the things, a few things I need to consider is, okay, if I am going to do a deal, what is that deal going to be? How can I incorporate holiday messaging, right? Getting, get, giving someone a message of finding the perfect gift, buying the perfect gift, delighting that special someone. You know, you want to, you want to talk about your product with a holiday messaging theme and then address concerns. So some of the concerns that will happen this year, delivery times, will it be in stock, things like that. So addressing those concerns also really important. Right. So how can we both motivate customers to get them to take action, to get them to buy our products over our competitors, but also protect the brand, also not sacrifice long-term results, right? Just for short-term gain, because we could just go in and slash prices, right? We could go in and do a 50% off sale and that could lead to a really nice bump in sales right now, but then that could just train customers to maybe wait for the next deal. And that could train customers to never purchase that full price. 
Every retailer has their own strategy. We do have some clients that do deep discounting frequently and it totally works for them. But their whole pricing structure is based on that. We know a lot of clients that don't really discount at all or only discount once or twice a year. That's fine too. But think about that combination of what's going to motivate customers versus what's going to protect your brand as we look to, to map out these deals. Also consider convenience, right? That That is the really convenience and safety kind of wrapped into one this year. But how do I get exactly what I am looking for at the right time with, you know, hopefully low delivery fees guaranteed and prevents me from getting out of the house, right? So fast shipping, guaranteed shipping bundles. Bundles are also a huge deal that we need to consider as we as we map out our, our offers here and then find what's going to, to really motivate clients. So let's look at some specific examples, some ad examples and, and talk through why they work and, and maybe this will spark a few ideas for you. So our, our friends at, at Groove Life, uh, silicone wedding rings, love this product, have owned multiple rings. They started doing this, this sale where um, you get a mystery ring with your order, right? So Sometimes I'll do it like, hey, buy two rings and then get a mystery ring or just buy one ring and get a mystery ring. I know this is a form of discounting, right? Um, and this may, you may have to get kind of creative to apply something like this to your business. But what's beautiful about this is, uh, well, why, why do you, why would you guess, uh, and I'll open this up to, to Chris and Rohit, why do you think they do a mystery ring? Why, why a mystery ring instead of, you know, letting people pick out their free ring? Uh, because it's the stuff that they can't sell. <laughs> yep. It's inventory that's sitting there, right? Stuff they can't get rid of. Uh, and it also makes it kind of fun and kind of interesting, right? There's like this bit of bit of anticipation, like what will I get, right? And then studies have shown that sometimes people anticipating a vacation or anticipating winning the lottery or anticipating a gift it's almost as fun as actually getting it. So there's an anticipation thing, but I 100% agree with you, Chris. Like that's the thing. It's them saying, hey, how do we take this stuff that we can't sell yeah. and, uh, and let's, let's turn it into a nice little bonus, right? Hey, hey, honey, I'm replacing my gold ring with this mystery ring that they couldn't sell. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, but this has a high perceived value, right? So Absolutely. One, way to, one way to look at this, it doesn't have to be, a, this is a, a gift of their key product. You don't have to do that but you're good to some other gift, right? Or something else related to your product that doesn't lower the perceived value of your product, but now you're adding an additional gift. And think about it. What if you're, what if you're about to buy a ring for yourself and then you saw this and you thought, I got to get a stocking stuffer for my brother-in-law. So bingo, mystery ring, freebie, stocking yeah, stuffer. These can also come from relationships with other sellers that aren't directly competing that that could be wins for, for both. Love that idea. We've seen that with a few of our clients. Uh, Everyday California, awesome California-based apparel company and adventure company. They're doing a, a promo with another company called Sunday Scaries, which is a CBD company, which that, that creates some issues with ads. But uh, they're, doing, they're doing something similar, right? Where you can, you can do a joint venture uh, opportunity where you say, hey, let's partner with someone who wants maybe to get in front of our customers Let's offer their product at a deep discount or as a, as a free gift add-on. And again, it's a way to increase the perceived value without really limiting or without diminishing the value of your, of your core product. So lots of things you can do 
with uh, gifts. Okay, uh, love this one. This is for our friends at uh, Original Grain Watches. I did not wear my Original Grain Watch today, but I have one and I absolutely love it. So what's interesting, and, and this is, this is a client that they do some discounting, right? So they have they have sales going on frequently. This is a forty percent off, right? So this this deal will move product, right? Forty percent off. But if you look at this ad, you know it's really highlighting the uniqueness of these watches. They're wood grain, you know, wood and steel combo. Really cool watches. So give him a gift he'll cherish, right? That ad, this ad could work with or without a discount. Gonna work better with a discount because they're 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 cool with that and that uh, matches their uh, their strategy. But this ad could work with or without a discount. So keying in on this is a gift that he'll cherish. It's something he does not have. It's unique. It's different. You're gonna be a hero. You know you're really gonna deliver this holiday season. Uh, now these are our friends at uh, Boom. So obviously uh, probably everybody here knows knows Ezra and company. Uh, at Boom, so they are—they're a company. They—they they don't do a lot of discounting, right? This is one of the only times a year they do a discount. So for some, you know, a ten percent discount—that seems like well, that's not a discount hardly at all. But when you don't discount, ten percent is huge, and it creates a frenzy of people shopping and wanting to get the deal. So this is a a quick teaser of a Gmail ad, and this is actually an ad that we would run to both existing customers and to remarketing and viewed video audiences. We'll talk about how to do that in just a little bit. Uh, but, you know, if you're not a big discounter, mild discounts can create big wins. So keep, so keep that in mind uh, as well. And then, you know, here's, here's our, our buddies at Live Bearded. This is a partnership they did with Mossy Oak, which was really cool. But, you know, what if you just talk about free shipping, shipping guaranteed delivery, you know, guaranteed delivery, and some social proof, right? So loading, and the reason why social proof is always important, right? Especially with uh, with with uh, display and YouTube ads, social proof is always important. But hey, if you're trying to appeal to a gift giver, right? If I'm if I'm buying something for you know a friend of mine that's got a beard and he may want some product, that thousands of happy beardsmen may help me feel more confident that okay, I'm not buying a cruddy product. I'm not going to look dumb if I buy him this product. He's going to potentially like it. So talking about the convenience and free shipping plus social proof. Um, other other thoughts, guys, on how we're getting our, our messages ready for this holiday season, both to cut through the clutter and grab attention, but also to line up with our brand and protect our brand. I've, I've got an idea, but I was going to let Rohit go first. I was, I was just going to say that I think I think that covered it pretty well. I don't really have any additional ideas. I think we, we discussed these quite deeply before we got on the call. Yeah, great. Yeah, I just, you know, in terms of, of um, messaging and things like that, this is just a quick tip I shared with our specialist team not too long ago. And this, this really goes in and outside of, of the holiday times. But look at what your customers messaged you about during last year's holiday season. Uh, in terms of customer support tickets, you know, be aware of actually what happened last year. Um, don't just start with new messaging. Go back and look at what converted the best uh, in the previous season. And then how does that need to be adjusted for what you're offering this year? Uh, sometimes it can just be a replacement of a word and you can grab some of those higher converting uh, bits of copy that, that you had in previous times. 
I love that suggestion. The other, the last piece that all kind of tie into this, this part of it is, you know, potentially be ready early. So if you're talking about doing your Black Friday sale around Black Friday and the Cyber Five, you may consider having something kind of ready, locked and loaded to go early November. If it looks like most merchants are moving early and there's a frenzy of activity, you may want to go earlier. Uh, we even know some clients that are looking at potentially doing an early bird in late October or maybe doing an early bird starting around Prime Day because Prime Day, even for people that don't shop on Amazon, uh, even if you're promoting stuff on your own .com, there will be an increased shopping around Prime Day. So consider having some of these messages ready early, even if it's just a get the perfect gift, you know, now's the time to prepare for holiday. Even if you don't do huge discounts, get your messages ready early. Consider starting mid to late October or beginning of November. So really important. To that point, Brett, like apart from the fact that you want to get your messages early, it'll also be valuable if you get those messages in the system and get it approved a yes. few days before you actually launch your campaigns because sometimes the whole approval process takes a while and you don't want to reach the day of your campaign and realize that your ads are not approved. Yes. Yeah, always want to get those ads uploaded early as we get, as things get busier. You know, every holiday season, you know, Google, some of those, some of those uh, approval processes get delayed a little bit. And this year with COVID and, and people working from home, it, it could be and, and probably will be uh, extenuated a little more, right? So, so get those ads ready sooner. Absolutely. Uh, love, love that advice. All right. Number three, fill in the gaps in your search and shopping approach. This is one of those things where, you know, I'm always, um, I guess not anymore. I used to be surprised when we would, when we would audit some accounts and look at search and shopping and we'd have people say, oh yeah, search and shopping is fine, right? I'm getting a, I'm getting a three X on search and shopping or a 250 or what, 250% return on ad spend on search and shopping. Everything's fine. But we look a little closer and we realize, wow, that's true. While search and shopping is going okay, we're missing so many opportunities, right? There's so many opportunities to achieve scale and likely achieve scale at the same or better performance, right? So, okay, what if you could keep that 250 or 300% return on ad spend, but double your volume or get 30 or 40% more volume? Like that's the kind of thing we see all the, all the time is that search and shopping, um, because sometimes wins are relatively easy in search and shopping, it, it's motivation for people to not try very hard or to just settle when things are okay. And so let's look at some ways that you need to beef up your search and shopping efforts. One of the first things we want to talk about is you know capitalizing on free listings. If you missed this, Google announced, uh, I guess you know at the time of the recording here, it's been maybe a month or two ago, that there are a few areas in Google Shopping that are now free. So if you look at the shopping tab like we have here, that carousel of ads across the top, that is still sponsored. That still functions just like Google Shopping ads always have. As you get below that though, those are free listings. You do not pay for those listings. Um, still powered by your feed. And that, that's how you get those listings is by having a good optimized you know, uh, product feed and merchant center, but they're free, free listings, which is super powerful. Also on the Google app, so this would be the Discovery app. These are free listings as well. These actually, um, you can see the, the little Google colored cart. Those are actually buy on Google. 
So that, that's, that's kind of the customer face thing. That's what shoppers see is buy on Google. And that's where someone can click on that listing. So I could buy that pour over coffee maker, which I actually think I have that exact one. It's good. Uh, but if you click on that and buy that, Google will handle the whole transaction. Google will take your credit card. They'll process everything. They guarantee it. They also you know, have standards on, on shipping and returns and all that. So you're, you're protected because you're buying on Google. But then Google just sends the order to the merchant. The merchant fulfills it. In this case, it'd be Target. What's interesting is that used to be commission-based. So used to, if an advertiser participated in that, Google would keep you know, 5 to 20% of that sale, just like Amazon does as a marketplace. Well, Google announced recently that that's free too. So this is no longer commission-based. You can now participate. It's called shopping actions. That's what, that's what we as merchants see. The consumer sees buy on Google, but that's now free as well, which is super powerful. Uh, so this is what kind of the shopping tab looks like if you're looking for some new Adidas kicks, which I think I actually have that. I have that same pair that that arrow is pointing. I only have all black, which is kind of cool. Uh, but this is the shopping tab. So again, if you look below that carousel of paid ads, those are all free. And then if you were to look on the images tab, which especially if you're in apparel, but also in other categories, people will often go to the images tab to look for ideas, right? If I'm looking to buy a home decor, furniture, apparel, a variety of other categories, I may look at the images tab just because I want to see what's this going to look like and what will this look like in my home or in these various areas. So again, that top carousel is paid, but everything below that is free. So, so how do we take advantage of that? How do we capitalize on that? Well, the free listing portion, the free listing program that I just showed that appears on the bottom of the shopping tab and the image tab and the Google discovery app, that's called surfaces across Google. And so the way you set that up, this is actually a quick look inside Merchant Center. Um, if you're an existing OMG commerce client, we can totally help you with this. Uh, you're likely already taking advantage of it, but, but we can definitely talk about it. If not, then you look inside Merchant Center in an existing feed. This is actually kind of the setup of a new feed, but you'll still see these options in settings. Uh, shopping actions, that's the buy on Google, the, the previous, previously that was the commission-based listing, now free. That's how you enable that. You do have to opt into that. And there is a, a form you have to fill out to opt into it, which we can make sure that everybody here gets that. Um, we'll have some resources kind of to, to go with this webinar that we can send out. And then the surfaces across Google, those are the free listings. So uh, Rohit, you want to kind of speak to what we're seeing and what Google is projecting. Like if you're a current Google shopping advertiser and you enable these free listings, what kind of lift or what kind of bump will you see? Yeah, so in, in general, we see like about three to 5% bump in the total traffic coming to your website, which is like, you know, it, it, if it's organic, then it's even better. So we're seeing like sales go up for a lot of our clients, and which is why we introduced this. We did a lot of testing in the background before we launched this externally. So three to five percent bump is quite a bit out there. It's fantastic, and it's all it's all free. I think this is also going to help get more products in Google Merchant Center from a variety of merchants, which will make it a better shopping destination. It's already awesome, but make it a better shopping destination for shoppers. And that's going to help fuel the whole thing as well. So got to take advantage of those free listings. Uh, also highlight promotional pricing. So this is something that we do inside the feed. This is where we put a, a promotional price. So you can do this one of two ways. You can either do a, a coupon code or you can just highlight a sales price. And the sales price you can highlight with a begin date and an end date. What this looks like if you do the sales price with 
the date that it starts or date that it ends is it'll show up as a sale. There's actually a few ways that Google can denote this, but let's actually look at that Adidas Ultra Boost 19, kind of the, the, the third shoe over from the left. Uh, was 160. Now it's 80 special offer and you get that sale, you know, sale little uh, call out there that's that's kind of begging to be clicked and that A6 next to it also uh, really jumps out at you. If you're doing um, a coupon code, then it looks kind of like this and someone kind of clicks on your ad and then they can copy and paste that coupon code. So both approaches can work. It can either just be a, a drop in price that's automatically realized once they get to the store or it can be coupon code based in some ways, I favor just a drop in price. I think that's easier. People don't have to worry about the coupon code, but whatever works for you, whatever you've tested in the past, uh, that's fine as well. So highlight that promotional, promotional pri uh, pricing. The way you create promotional pricing is also in Merchant Center under marketing and promotions. And you can create there a new uh, promotional feed. And basically, you're titling that promotion you're indicating what items that applies to, and then you're either indicating a percent off or savings or, or you're spelling out that specific price. So highlighting promotional pricing, huge. Just like we talked about, 50% of people look for a deal. If you're offering a deal, highlight it in Google Shopping. Okay, next point. RLSA is remarketing lists for search ads. This has been huge. I'll talk a little bit about Boom by Cindy Joseph because this is one of their key strategies. So with Boom, you know, we do a lot with top of funnel marketing. So we do a ton on YouTube. YouTube, you know, prior to working with OMG, YouTube was non-existent for Boom. Now it's their second biggest source of, of leads and sales. Um, so we do a lot of top of funnel YouTube. They also do a lot of Facebook advertising. So you get a lot of people that are introduced to the Boomstick or other products. They check it out, but they don't buy, right? And maybe they even forget about the product. They forget the name of the product. So with RLSAs, we can take our remarketing lists. And we can layer those lists into our search and shopping campaigns so that we can either target them exclusively or just make sure we have special emphasis on those audiences so that if someone sees our video, maybe forgets the name of the, the product or they see the video and click the site and now they're coming back to, to find it again, we wanna make sure we show up to that audience. So here's a quick look is actually one of the campaigns, and Ezra doesn't mind if we share his data, so that's why I'm sharing it. So this is a this is a, a Google Shopping campaign that's specifically. And this was just targeting RLSAs. So there's a few ways you can do it. You can either layer in your remarketing list for search ad into the campaign. This one we decided to just target the, that list exclusively. So to give a little context, uh, for top of funnel, they're trying to hit about a sixty percent, sixty dollar cost per acquisition, or, or a little bit under. Um, their remarketing goals, so remarketing traffic, like $20 CPA or under. This campaign's at a $5.78 CPA. So it's fantastic. It's killing it. And what we see a lot of times with this campaign is people will see the, the Boom video, not remember the name of it, and then go search for skincare for older women or moisturizer for older women or something like that, indicating, hey, they probably saw the video. We know they saw the video because they're on the audience. And now they're going back to, to search. So we're capitalizing on them. Super, super powerful. Uh, let's talk about dynamic search ads. This is one of those. So, so we rarely see people using RLSAs for search and shopping. We also rarely see people using dynamic search ads. This is a great strategy for the holidays. So Rohit, do you want to talk through DSAs? 
Yes, 100%. Um, so I actually wanted to add some context to DSAs as well. Uh, DSAs have been around from like from the first day I joined Google. And as Brett mentioned, I don't really see DSAs as often. But I think over the last three to six months, our teams have identified that DSAs are performing really, really well. And I've started like, we start talking to our clients and we started seeing it in accounts. And very often you will see that DSA is performing, like, you know, uh, branded campaigns always perform the best performance. And DSAs are like somewhere very close to non-brand. And the fact that DSAs are actually driving traffic towards keywords that we haven't even thought about gives us like the additional traffic that we would have not gotten otherwise. So I think like 15% of the searches that come into Google are new every day. It is extremely hard for us to identify what... Meaning 15% of the searches Google has never seen before. So brand new to Google. So people come up with new ways of searching and they're always coming up with new ideas of how to find different products. And we are always a step behind in trying to think of those keywords proactively. So having DSAs actually helps you address those traffic and those those, uh, search queries. The other element is uh, voice searches. So... Google Assistant has become very popular and like, you know, so a lot of people are now asking questions to the assistant and those again are not the kind of queries that we think of or we add as keywords in our accounts. So voice searches, new queries, and if you have a very complex website, if you have like like thousands of SKUs, then again, it's sometimes, like, you know, it's very easy for us to miss out on few keywords that we did not add to the account. It's possible that you got a new set of products that you have not created specific keywords for so DSA helps you address all these three things. And when you when you you basically just tell the system that there is this one web page, everything that is there is eligible to show ads. And the system will create the ads for that and show them proactively for whenever people are using voice searches or those queries that we've never thought of. So basically what you're doing is you're future proofing your business. So as I said, like things that you've not even thought about, but people are still searching for it. So you don't want to let go of that. And one other thing that I always tell my advertisers to do with DSA is that think of DSA as a catch-all strategy, which is going to inform your future strategies for your search campaigns. So you look at your DSA campaigns and you can look at the search terms report and you identify the five keywords that are converting really well. As things stand now, everything is automated, but you could also choose to add those keywords in your campaigns. And now you are proactively targeting those keywords. You could set what bids you want to set and things like that. So I always suggest bring the best of DSA into your normal search campaigns and then keep DSA running because it acts as a catch-all and brings you additional traffic that you would have not known otherwise. So DSA will, as I said, incremental search we've already spoken about. Uh, long tail is again like those products that you never thought about, the, those smaller products are like, you know, uh, we don't have, say, uh, if you have accessories that you sell and you don't always add all the accessories as keywords, so it takes care of that uh, long tail uh, automation. Um, it also increases your expansion because as I said, like 15% searches are new. If you just apply that to every business, then every business is technically losing out 15% of traffic every day. So it helps you expand further. And the best part about DSA is that it's completely automated. So all you have to do, as I mentioned, is that you mention, you add the website pages or the categories or the different ways to target. And once you do that, the system will automatically create the ads and show them. So it's, it's just completely hands-free and it helps you grow your business. Uh, there's, well, yeah, one more second. Yeah, so, uh, it, the kind of performance you see from DSA is like 15% more clicks, which directly attributes to that 15% additional searches that are coming in, drives 35% higher CTR and 30% lower CPA. One thing that I do want to mention about DSA is that, as I said, it's completely automated, right? Um, in my experience working with Google 
seven years ago, if, if I came across an account that was using automation, we would, I would, if there was, especially if they're a small business, I would suggest them to move away from automation because it didn't really work that well back then. But over the last three, four years, automation has gotten like supercharged. And the kind of performance automation can drive, it's very, very difficult for us to humanly do that. And I think that is what contributes to all these numbers that you're seeing. So even though there's 15% more clicks, the CTRs are a lot higher and the CPS are much lower because the kind of ads we are creating, the kind of customers we are finding, the kind of moments we are finding them in has improved a lot significantly. Yeah, we love DSAs. Most of the accounts we audit, most of the new accounts we take over are not using DSAs. It's often a quick win. And, it, and just like you said, Rohit, there may be some areas of your site that to build out an elaborate search campaign structure for certain products may not be worth the time, but using automation could totally be worth it. And so DSA is definitely something to consider. Okay, let's talk about getting your bid strategy ready because we all know competition is about to, to ramp up as the shopping frenzy begins. And so uh, one thing that's really important to remember is, and we're big believers in automation as well. And there was a period of time when we didn't like target return on ad spend or target CPA, but both of those are amazing. And I think if, if you run into someone who's telling you that Google's automated bid strategies don't work, then they have not tested it recently because over the last couple of years, it, it just crushes essentially anything else we can test. We've run that against some other uh, top-notch third-party bid softwares and, and Google's software or Google's bid automation wins. And I think a lot of that is because Google's leveraging data that can't be made available to other people, right? That, that's, that's part of the process. So something to think about, you know, we're going we're gonna to enter into this period when conversion rates are going to spike, buyer intent increases, everybody's shopping, you know, they're looking to buy a gift, right? So if your conversion rate is going to increase 30% or more for a given window, so take the Cyber 5 or if you go earlier in the month of November or whenever, like the, that period, if you expect conversion rate to increase more than 30%, then you may want to give the, the smart bidder or the smart bid algorithm a little help. So if the conversion rate increases less than 30%, all systems go, just use target ROAS or target CPA and the, the system will, will get it. If you expect for the Cyber 5, your you know, conversion rate was going to increase 35%, you may want to make an actual adjustment. So the way to look at this is look at what the performance was like last year. How, what was your conversion rate during the Cyber 5 last year? If it was a, maybe a 35% increase versus the previous period, then you want to go in and make a seasonal adjustment. And so this is actually done in tools and settings and, and bid strategies, and then you can make a seasonal adjustment. But this can basically, what this does then is you can go in and, and tell the system, hey, from you know, these dates, November, whatever, to December, whatever, we expect, you know, an increase of X percent. Um, and so then, then that's going to allow the system to calibrate. Now, Roy, do you want to speak a little bit about this also? If this is more for short spikes, right? If, if the increase in conversion rate is long-term for a month or more, then this is maybe not necessary. Do you want to, you want to elaborate on that a little bit? So yeah, as Beck mentioned that for, for the most part, automation will take care of most of these things. The only portion that you need to focus on is the 30% plus increments. And even if it is for a longer duration, uh, if, if, if it happens, for, if it happens within three days is when you need to put in a seasonal adjustment. But if it's happening over a period of say seven days or 10 days, then you may not need to do that because the system again has the capability of taking that into account. 
One other factor that I would also look at is like, you know, everything that we are talking about is within the Google Ads ecosystem. So you're seeing the data there, but businesses sometimes get a sense of things from other sources. It's possible that your Facebook sales have started spiking. It's possible that your just a number of orders coming in from various sources have started spiking. So that is also an interesting insight to take into account that if you are seeing that spike, then you will probably start seeing that spike within the Google Ads ecosystem too. And that is the time when you want to go and proactively make that adjustment in the system to allow for it to accommodate for that 30% spike. Awesome. Let's talk smart shopping. Smart shopping has been one of those interesting areas where, again, when it first came out, just being transparent, I wasn't a huge fan. Uh, but now my attitude has definitely changed towards smart shopping and there are definitely ways to use this. Rohit, why don't you dive into smart shopping and why it's so powerful? Yeah, so um, smart shopping is basically our effort to try and simplify Google Ads. And we also have like display, smart display and things like that. But smart shopping is specifically relevant because given the holiday season. So what we are seeing in terms of performance with smart shopping is that we're seeing about a 30% improvement in conversion value over standard shopping campaigns. And we are, we are expecting a 30% further increment on top of that for the holiday season. So smart shopping, as I said, like our automations have gotten a lot, lot, lot better. And just the amount of unknown in the market right now, smart shopping is going to be a very, very important play this holiday season and we are capitalizing on it. So uh, what you want to do is when you set up your smart shopping campaigns, there are some elements that you are in control of, which you want to set correctly and the rest of the system takes care of. So the first thing is to choose the right bid strategy. Um, if your goal is to drive more conversions, then choose target CPA. If your goal is to drive higher conversion value, then choose maximize conversion value. So make sure that you have the right bid strategy selected when you set up the campaign. Um, the second thing is the budgets. The budgets that I mentioned earlier is going to be a very, very, very key moment because um, usually we see a 30% spike year over year during the holiday season. This year, we're expecting 40, 50% higher advertise or higher users won't shop online. So that is going to have an incremental impact on that. And that is, again, just an estimate. So make sure that you have a right budget set in the system. And at the same time, you want to have something in your back pocket that if you see good performance come in and your campaigns are getting limited by budget, then you should be able to allocate more uh, budgets to it. And then setting the right targets. This, again, kind of goes back to what your goal is. Some customers might want to drive higher efficiency versus some customers might want to drive higher volume. So if you're trying to drive higher efficiency, then keep your target row at relatively higher place so that you can drive that performance. But if your goal is to drive volume and you're okay with a slightly lower ROAS, uh, for example, like a lot of clients that we talk to, um, the ROAS numbers that we look at, the return on ad spend, does not take into account the volume. So if you were driving, say, 5,000 sales at 20 ROAS, it's possible that at 18 ROAS, which is lower, if you sell 10,000, you'll probably make more profit. So try to identify what that goal is. The volume versus efficiency play is very important and basis that you should set your ROAS and change it as and when you need it. Um, the target ROAS system within smart shopping does not require a time to accommodate. Like a lot of our automation takes a while for it to, uh, it goes into a learning period and then it will eventually start performing. But for smart shopping, we don't need things like that. So if you see a change and if you want to make a change, make it and it should start uh, getting impacted immediately. 
And um, the last thing, so I, I I think this is an extremely, extremely interesting piece about smart shopping. That it this is brand new too. This is like, yeah, you heard it first here yeah. probably. Yeah, this is this is so brand new that it's actually rolling out right now. I think probably about 10% accounts right now have it, but before holiday season this year, all accounts will have this. This will be in the settings section of your smart shopping campaign. So basically what this is saying is like, I know for a fact that um, Boom has specific goals to drive um, uh, new customer sales. A lot of our clients come to us and say that we want new customers, you know, existing customers, yes, we want them, but new customers where we want Google ads to help us. So what this allows you is it allows you to put a premium on a new customer. And when you do that, the system understands that you're willing to pay more to get new customers in the door. And in which case it will accommodate for that. So every time uh, it uses Google data, it uses your customer match data, third party data to try and identify which customers are new versus not. And if a customer is new, then it would just be more competitive when it goes into the auction and therefore help you win more new business. Yeah, and this this is really powerful, especially for businesses where you've got a clear idea of your lifetime value of a customer and you have a lot of reorders, you know, repeat purchases where you can say, because usually the way Google Shopping works is they're looking at that item someone's shopping for and is trying to achieve a return on ad spend for that item. But if you tell Google, hey, really, this is what a new shopper is worth, then the system can be more competitive and more aggressive to reach that new shopper, regardless of what product they're looking for. So I think for certain businesses, this will be amazing. And so, and this is this is only available for smart shopping or only will be available. It's probably not in your account yet, but it will be uh, soon if you run smart shopping. Now, one thing I'll say to kind of wrap up the smart shopping section as we move on is uh, if you have standard shopping that's just crushing it, there's a few ways we like to launch smart shopping that, that are low risk. Because when you launch smart shopping, it tries to kind of steal all the budget and that gets real greedy, which is fine. But there's a way we can do it. It's too complex for this webinar, but that's something to talk to your AM and specialist team about or reach out to us if you're not an existing client. And we can kind of walk you through that. Uh, but smart shopping, lots of opportunities this holiday season for sure. And, and to, to that point, Brett, uh, smart shopping is actually proactively created in a way it has a higher priority over standard shopping. So which is why it takes away all the traffic yep. from uh, standard yep. shopping. Yep, yep, exactly. It, it prioritizes itself, which makes sense. Um, but you got kind of have to be ready. And, and there's, a, there's a way to launch smart shopping that we think is a little bit better um, that also mitigates any, any risks for you. All right, so number four, install a four-pronged remarketing structure. Now, I'm going to say this next part playfully. Uh, your remarketing potentially sucks. Uh, you don't suck. We think you are awesome. We think your product is awesome. But it's possible, maybe even likely, if you're not an OMG commerce client or if you're not you know, really astute with your remarketing efforts that your remarketing efforts may be lacking. Uh, our advice is don't settle for anemic remarketing, right? So what does this four-pronged remarketing approach look like? I, I like that slide too, Brett, because that vacuum cleaner looked like it sucked as well. Indeed. And so, what, you know, what, what's going to make for a successful remarketing campaign? Right channels, right? Right formats and right message and right audience with proper segmentation. So let's kind of break this down. So uh, the right channels. So, so this is where kind of the four prongs come into to play. 
first channel that I'm going to recommend that I bet a lot of you are missing. If you're an OMG commerce client, then you either have this or it's on the roadmap. We always launch this. Not always right out of the gate, but we do launch it. So discovery ads. This is what discovery ads could look like. These are some samples. On the left there, you've probably seen this. If you've been on the YouTube app, scrolling to watch you know, videos, that's actually that's the cutoff of the LeBrant family. That's what my kids always watch. Uh, but above that is an ad. So this is a display ad, but it's very prominent. When you're looking on your phone, man, it really jumps out at you. So this is actually for a, a digital marketing course. But when you see that ad, it's really hard to miss. So your product ad could be right there and you can run that as a remarketing ad. That ad in the middle, that's actually a look at Gmail. So Gmail is included in Discovery. So as you run Discovery ads, one of the placements is Gmail. And that's you know for a Canon camera, uh, the EOS Rebel T8i. And then on the right, the far right, that's in the the Google app, the discovery app. So if you're, you know, on your, your phone and you've got the, you know, the, the Google app here, uh, that's where that ad could appear. And so again, really stands out, could really grab your attention. Discovery ads, if you're not running them, you absolutely need to be. Uh, next, GDN, right? This, this is what most people think of when they think of remarketing. But unfortunately, this is where also most people uh, stop when, they, when they're thinking about remarketing. They just think GDN and they don't think beyond it. And so uh, with GDN, one thing you may be missing is you can actually run video ads inside GDN. So this is a quick look at a couple of boom ads. These are both ads that, that appear on the Google Display Network. So these appear on blogs, news sites, any site that's part of the Google Display Network. The one on the right is just a static, uh, that's actually a responsive ad. Uh, the one on the left, that's that's one of the top YouTube ads. So uh, what this allows you to do is get some video placements outside of YouTube on the display network. But again, reaching your remarketing audiences. For this particular campaign, that YouTube ad, again, showing on the display network was one of their top performing assets. And so that's a piece that a lot of people are missing. You're, you're probably running GDN ads, hopefully you're running responsive ads. If not, you should be. And if you're not testing your video ads, you should be doing that as well. All right. Uh, next piece is YouTube. So we got, we got discovery, we got GDN, we got YouTube. So run remarketing on YouTube. The one on the left there, that's live bearded. And you can, you can see the bearded man there is delighting his girlfriend or whoever that is. But this, this is more of a, a true view for action type ad where, you know, they're just kind of, you're encouraging people to click on the link and go shop the product. The one on the right, that's original grain, and that's kind of a preview. This is in the in the in the Google Ads preview interface. So obviously, the ad doesn't look exactly like that. But this is what's called TrueView for shopping. This is where we like to run TrueView for shopping is for remarketing. So this this is a, an awesome video that tells the story of original grain, and then next to it would be actual shopping ads. So your actual Google Shopping or your PLAs, they would show up right next to that video. And this is really powerful. So if, I've, if I'm already familiar with the brand, now I'm being reminded about the brand and I've got products right there by the video that I can click on and start shopping. So, so TrueView for shopping is very powerful for remarketing. And then kind of the fourth area, so again, our, our four-pronged remarketing is choose Gmail. Now I mentioned that Discovery ads also include Gmail, but we like to set up 
specific Gmail campaigns as well. So this just ensures we're getting great delivery on Gmail and we kind of, you know, the ads are a little bit different. And so we like to run both, but this is what ads can look like. Again, this was boom, that view there on the right. That's what the ad looks like if you click on the email. So these, these ads show up like emails. They show up like emails in your inbox or in your uh, promotions tab. And then as you open it up, it can be a combination of images and, and videos. And uh, we've found that for discovery in Gmail, we're often seeing CPAs 30 to 50% lower than standard GDN ads. So that's, that's just our client data, but that's what we're seeing. So, and, and I think a lot of that is because it's kind of novel. It's kind of new, right? Those discovery ads on YouTube, the Gmail ads on Gmail, they really stand out and, and they captures attention. So we're seeing CPAs 30 to 50% lower with those channels if you're not using them, you got to be using them for retargeting. So I recommend that. I just want to add something there. So I agree with you that a lot of clients don't really use Discovery and Gmail, which probably makes it cheaper. But at the same time, these are all ads that show up on Google properties. And like, you know, I, I do believe that people who are on Google properties like YouTube, Gmail, et cetera, they are more engaged than people on all of the internet. Like, so which is why I feel like we see better performance and Discovery and display, uh, Gmail too. So 100% you should have these in your accounts if you yeah. don't have a list. Totally, totally agree. And and just like with most of these, now's the time to get these going, get these ramped up so that you, you've already got data, you've already got a little history in these campaigns. And then when Q4 hits, you're ready to just pour gas on the fire. This is what these ads look like. So this is this is an ad we created for people that have purchased Live Bearded, but not in a while. So the, the subject line in the email is, we miss you, brother. And then, uh, you know, so come on back once you open the email. Again, it shows up like an email. That's what it looks like unopened. And then when you open it, it is an email, but it's, but it's an ad. And so these are extremely powerful. So what lists should we target? Viewed video audiences, we talk about that. If you've got an elaborate top of funnel YouTube strategy, build those viewed video audiences and then target those people in Discovery, GDN, YouTube, and Gmail. Product detail page viewers. So people that get to the product detail page level of your site, they're shopping aggressively, build an audience around those people. Cart abandoners. If someone's gotten that far in the shopping process, they abandon cart, man, you want to win them back. Again, hit them in all four of those areas. If you don't have a ton of visitors or if your PDP viewers or cart abandoners audiences are not huge, then we recommend all visitors, right? Just target all visitors and exclude previous buyers for that particular audience. And then depending on what your, what your product makeup is, maybe you want to target previous buyers as well. Someone like Boom. Someone like Live Bearded, they do that all the time, right? We either create a bought X, not Y campaign. So I bought the moisturizer, not the mascara, or I bought the beard butter, not the uh, the lotion, right? So then we're gonna we're gonna promote the product that they have not purchased. So those are those are the audiences you need to look at building. Start building them now, populating those lists now, making them robust, and dialing in these campaigns so you really leverage them later. All right. Number five, fifth way to dominate the cyber five. We are admittedly biased. We love YouTube, right? That's been an area of focus for our agency for the last three plus years, last couple of years, even, even more so. But we believe in the power of top of funnel YouTube specifically for e-commerce. And if you want to run YouTube during the holiday shopping season, uh, which we've, we've seen this, um, 
you know, year in and year out where once we get into November and, and buyer intent goes up, YouTube can work great then. Uh, it works especially great if you have remarketing audiences and video audiences. But if you want to run top of funnel YouTube, get it dialed in now. Uh, test now, full throttle later. So a couple of just quick things. You know, 70% of shoppers say they're willing to learn about products on YouTube directly from brands. So like we talked about before, people are open to new brand ideas. Brand loyalty is at an all-time low. And we're willing for the source of information, the source of truth. We're willing for that to be the brand itself, right? We may take it with a grain of salt, but we're willing to learn from a brand. And, you know, YouTube is just exploding. It's the world's second largest website and the world's second largest search engine. Both of those stats are, you know, right behind Google itself. Google's number one in both those categories. And so YouTube's a huge opportunity. We recommend as you're getting started, I mentioned what's called TrueView for shopping a minute ago. That's the TrueView ad with the shopping PLAs next to it. For cold traffic, we like TrueView for action. So that's these pre-roll videos. Here's a couple samples. So you go to YouTube, you're watching a video. This is the pre-roll ad that pops up. These are the calls to action. You get the call to action in the lower left and in the upper right. And this is where you can bid on a CPA basis, so a target cost per acquisition basis. We recommend starting with this ad type. What we've seen, and again, you know, since the stay-at-home orders, lockdowns, even since those have been lifted, you know, the 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 return, the the number of conversions that advertisers are seeing on these TrueView fraction campaigns has gone up. So March between March and April. TrueView for action campaigns saw 31% more conversions. I talked about this a little bit before, you know, since we did that big event at the YouTube LA offices, which we do plan on, you know, another uh, teaser, when the world opens up again, who knows when that will be, <laughs> late next year or something, I don't know. We will have you all back to a Google office and uh, do an event, we just, we don't know when. That was one, like one of the immediate questions we got after that LA event is, hey, when are you going to do, you know, Chicago or New York? And the answer to that was, we don't know, but we will at some point. Um, all of our launches since that event have been really strong. And we've seen scale and performance, which has been great. Is just something you're going to add to that, Rohit? Yeah, I just want to, like uh, like everything, like yes, because of the lockdown and everything. But I just want to quickly break down what TrueView for Action is. The TrueView, as you mentioned, is the pre-roll. So the users have the option to skip the ad, which I think helps improve the performance. And the TrueView for Action part is, I think, what is also contributing a lot to the 31% number. We, as Google, have worked very hard over the last two years to create an ad format that actually helps drive conversions. And like a bed show in the different screenshots, when that ad gets over, it just covers the whole screen and just sits there for five to seven seconds. And I think the fact that we created an action specifically to drive conversions is also contributing to this. So you may have tried YouTube in the past, but if you if you haven't in the last couple of years, then 100% suggest Truly for Action is the way to go. Yep, absolutely. And it's really, you know, we started experimenting with YouTube prior to Truvy for Action. And once Truvy for Action hit, results really went up. And, and it's been it's been awesome. So let's let's talk about one of the audience types that we recommend you start with. This is one of our favorite audience types. It always has been, especially when we're launching new accounts. So new to YouTube advertisers, we like starting with custom intent. So what is custom intent? Custom intent is taking someone's Google search behavior. So what are they typing in? What products are they searching for? What problems are they searching for solutions for? What are, they, what are they looking for on Google? 
and let's um, target them on YouTube, right? So we build a list of search terms, terms that people are searching for on Google. Then we target them the next time they're on YouTube. What's interesting, and if you're an advanced YouTube user, here's a, a brand new thing. I think this was, we can announce this, right? Rohit, the, the, yeah. the increased targeting. Yeah. So I think this just happened yesterday, I think is when it became official. Uh, we started noticing though, we started noticing a couple months ago, custom intent audiences used to be very efficient, very targeted, but we couldn't really get them to scale. They'd spend some money, but we couldn't get them to scale. A few months ago, like we started seeing some of these campaigns scaling, like, like some of these audiences spending 3,000 a day, 6,000 a day profitably, like, like, you know, really scaling. And so then uh, Rohit informed us yesterday, it was, it was uh, officially announced that, that now Google is not only taking searches conducted on google.com, but searches made on YouTube, right? So now you give Google a list of these search terms that you want to target, and they're going to build an audience of people that have searched those search terms on Google and on YouTube. So this really expands it, opens it up. And it's actually the first time you've been able to target actual search queries on YouTube. Uh, so super powerful. You got to try this audience type if you have not. Or if you're an advanced advertiser, you looked at custom intent in the past and just didn't scale for you or whatever, relook at it because it's, it's working. And I just want to add like, so, so Brett mentioned towards the end that uh, it's the first time we are being able to target actual search queries. So it's not just actual search queries, it's actual people searching for actual search queries, as opposed to in the past, it was contextual. So it'd be a bucket of people looking for a bucket of things, but now it's actual people searching for actual. So if you add a particular keyword in your custom intent audience, they'll find all people who search for that exact search term. And that I think creates that specificity of who I want to reach out to them being contextual, which kind of clubs in a lot of other factors, which I don't want in my advertising. Yeah, and it's so awesome because then, then now you can get really specific and you can target people looking for something very related to your products or maybe someone's even shopping your competitors or something. You can use that type of keyword, but then you can also get creative and think, okay, well, what's what could someone be searching for that's related to my product? Or what could they be searching for maybe just before they would buy a product like mine? You know, uh, we have we have some clients that that sell fun things to do around the home, like games and activities and stuff, right? So there could be people searching for staycation ideas or fun things to do with the family or whatever. Like they're not looking for your specific product, but they're looking for ideas and suggestions. And so you can get really creative with these audiences. We love them. They're not the only audience type. There are lots and lots of audiences that we recommend you test. And we kind of have a progression we like to walk our clients through, but this is a great place to start. So custom intent, definitely check it out. A couple of other things related to YouTube top of funnel. Um, definitely, you know, consider that the YouTube is a real shopping destination, right? It really influences shopping. Now a third of all shoppers say they've purchased something that they discovered on YouTube, either through YouTube ads or YouTube organic. So it is influencing actual product purchases. So keep that in mind. And then really the way we like to use it, and, and we've kind of talked about both of these on this presentation, but we do use YouTube for top of funnel, reaching brand new shoppers um, at scale. So reaching the right person with the right message at the right time, you know, based on our audience targeting, but then also using it for remarketing. So really those two things, um, if you leverage YouTube in the right way, it, it can be extremely, extremely powerful for your business. Okay. So we're going to open it up to questions here in just a second. Um, but a couple of quick testimonials. So, so boom, you know, I mentioned that this kind of went from non-existent to now one of their top channels. 
live bearded, uh, same type of thing. They were, they were doing well with, with Google, but we were able to grow revenue 78% uh, while increasing ad spend only 56% and made YouTube a viable channel for them. So let's, let's open it up to questions, guys. Let's see what is in the chat and let's also open it up. So any, you know, question related to anything we talked about, you also have, you know, a, a Google, uh, someone from Google on the, the webinar. So any Google related question, feel free to fire away. Do we have anything yet, Chris? Um, not anything that has already been answered. Okay, cool. So other, other thoughts uh, as we kind of wrap a bow on what we've talked about so far. Other thoughts, Chris and or Rohit, while we wait on any potential questions to come in. I just want to share with you like my perspective of what this year's holiday season is going to be like. I, every client that I have spoken to, I have mentioned to them that this is an unprecedented opportunity for them. There are a lot of people who have never shopped online, who are going online for the first time. And a lot of these people are not going to go back to the store because shopping online is pretty convenient. So just think about that when you think about your strategy this year, which is why I was saying earlier that we just need to be nimble and prepared for everything that might be getting thrown at us. Um, there are multiple factors that will play into it. The, the virus itself, the, the vaccination for that, um, the stimulus check. So there are a lot of factors to be played. So things will change very quickly. Be nimble, be quick, and have that budget and the plans to how yeah. you approach that. I think one thing that I would share, and I don't think this was mentioned, Brett, but you know, we have seen over the last several years of running Q4 holiday campaigns is that Q4 is becoming earlier and earlier for holiday advertising. I think that if you, it, the, the early birds who focus on holiday uh, promotions early and position it that way, are going to win. And I think winning uh, can mean from an auction standpoint, but it also can be from just as simply a shipping and fulfillment standpoint. Um, this is very anecdotal, but I've got a buddy of mine who works for UPS. I won't say who it is, but uh, he said he posted a picture that he sent to me showing the inside of his truck. And he said that they are completely at capacity like many days of the week right now, and they have no idea how they're going to handle fourth quarter. And then you, you look at the mess in the postal service right now, those of you that get out early are going to take advantage of the at least the amount of capacity that's in the system. Hopefully we don't have those kinds of issues, but I think it'd be wise to consider your actual timing here. Yeah, we, uh, we were at a little back-to-school event, and I was talking to one of the other dads who works for, for UPS, and, and he said they're all working 12-hour days right now. So every, everybody's at capacity. So it's, it's going to get worse as we get into holiday, right? There's just not that much extra capacity that can be drawn upon from the existing system, and you can't build out that infrastructure at will, right? So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. You do want to you do want to start early for sure. And and Brett Isaac asks, are there any ways that strategy should or could change between the period through Cyber Five and the period between then and Christmas? Does buying intent or behavior change at least in a typical year that's not 2020? Yeah. So it's really interesting. You know, a lot of times we'll see right before the Cyber Five, so a few days before the Cyber Five buying actually decreases a little bit, conversion rate can decrease a little bit. Because if you're if you're a few days away, 
some people are like, eh, I'll wait and then buy when there's likely to be a deal. So right before it will see conversion rate decrease. And then of course, Cyber 5 is, is always amazing. Then right after the Cyber 5, again, you know, when, once your deals go away, then there's all, often a little bit of a dip. And then there's another spike as we get closer to last day to ship. Now, historically, that's been anywhere from the 17th to like the 22nd for some merchants. This year, who knows? That could be like the 10th, you know, for some people. So I think I think that is one thing you definitely need to be prepared for is, you know, last day to ship type promotions and, and messaging. But I think you also have to look at, hey, there may be some people that are just late to shop and they know they're not going to get it in time, but they still got to buy something, right? So I think there's still going to be some shopping that even extends beyond that last day to ship, but you got to be prepared with that uh, as well. Um, so yeah, and we, we've mentioned it now multiple, multiple times on the on the, uh, the webinar, but it's likely all going to start earlier. And so you can take your existing calendar and shift that forward two to four weeks, potentially. That that could be possible, right? So, so my advice, and, and Rohit kind of alluded to this as well, get your ads ready sooner, maybe even way sooner than you think you'll need them because you may need to pivot and say, hey, when we were planning on running these last day to ship ads, like the 15th through the 19th, we need to run them the 7th to the 10th. Like have that stuff ready now uh, so you can you can run it when appropriate. And Brett, there's one additional question that I thought you might be able to answer there. Um, it's from Carrie. And uh, do you need to enable dynamic remarketing in the Google Merchant Center in order to set up the dynamic uh, ads that we talked about earlier? So the the ads, I'm really glad you brought that up. That's something I didn't really talk about much um, in the uh, remarketing approach. That is another remarketing type that we like to run. It often works great. So for those that don't know, dynamic remarketing is where if everything is set up properly, Google will populate the remarketing ad with products from your feed. So your, your shopping feed, your product feed that's in Merchant Center, Google will, will populate the ad with products from that feed based on what someone actually shopped for, based on what someone actually viewed on your site, if everything's set up properly. If some of your tags are off, then, then the system will get it wrong. But uh, that's called dynamic remarketing. So yeah, that takes proper setup in Merchant Center and then enabling it in Google Ads. What I showed was actually responsive ads, which, which people get confused between those two all the time. Responsive just means we're, we're giving Google some images, some headlines, some descriptions, and then they're mixing and matching to build uh, an ad for a size that's available online, right? So, so to fit online at a proper size. So responsive ads, we recommend everybody run. We do like to test dynamic remarketing a lot, but yeah, that takes proper setup in Merchant Center and then enabling it in Google Ads. Any, anything you would add to dynamic remarketing, Rohit? Yeah, and the tag, the fact that you pass all the right information through the tag. The tag setup is generally where I see a lot of remarketing ads fail because the, the website is not transferring the data that we needed to. So as long as you have all that set up correctly, dynamic, you know, you've probably seen it so many times, like flights from here to there, something that you searched for a week ago follows you around on the internet. So that's what dynamic remarketing would do for you. Fantastic. So a couple of, a couple of quick things and we'll, we'll give it just another minute to see if any other questions come in. If you're an existing, OMG Commerce client. We've been meeting multiple, multiple times, account managers, specialists, our strategists, the whole team, talking through holiday strategy. So this is something we've been proactively thinking about, talking about planning for some time. We're working on plans for you. We've probably talked about it with you. 
Um, so, so good things are in store there. If you are not an OMG Commerce client, we're happy to chat with you, offer a complimentary audit and review for you. Uh, we are filling up. Our, our wait time is a bit, uh, you know, it's a, it's a little bit right now, but still we'd love to chat with you and give you a complimentary audit. And that's something we can do relatively quickly. And uh, you'll likely be talking to Chris in, in that process. So with that, do we have any other questions at this point, Chris? Nope. I think uh, it's that's pretty much a wrap. Awesome. Chris, thank you for joining. Thanks for chiming in, manning the, the chat, doing what you do. Rohit, thank you. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and insights and being available to us. Um, really appreciate all you do for, for OMG Commerce and for our clients. And to all of you that tuned in, man, thank you for, for watching. I know that it's hard to carve out time and so to carve out you know, 80 to 90 minutes of your time. Uh, we really appreciate it. And we know that, that that is a sacrifice. Hopefully this helps. We want to make this the most successful holiday season you've had. This replay will be made available along with some, some links and resources and kind of a blog post that goes with this. That'll be coming to you shortly. Uh, with that, uh, we really appreciate it. And best of luck to you this holiday season. Talk to you soon. At OMG Commerce, we accelerate growth for some of the most loved brands in e-commerce, like Boom, Native, True Earth, Overtone, and dozens more. If your Google and YouTube ad performance isn't where it should be, if you're struggling with Performance Max, or if you're not scaling like you'd like on Amazon, then we have two ways to help. One, we have amazing resources that are free for the taking, like our top YouTube ads guide with lots of examples, our PMAX checklist, or our Amazon DSP roadmap, plus many more. Or hit us up for a free strategy session. So go on over to omgcommerce.com and click on Let's Talk to request that free strategy session, or click on Resources and Guides and pick the guide that's right for you. And now back to the show.